Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Reverend Guitars have kicked off 2021 with their first ever S-Type guitar. In true Reverend style, this cracker of a guitar features classic looks juxtaposed with modern electrics. Introducing the Gill Paris GPS signature model from Reverend Guitars. Whilst on first glance, the pickup arrangement looks fairly standard for an S-Type. In fact, each of the single coils is a Fishman Fluid single-width pickup. These can be switched with a push-pull tone control between two voicings, a vintage voice, the classic Airy 50 single coil sound, and a hot Texas voice for a hotter, punchier, more modern alternative. Check out the GPS and all of Reverend Guitar's mouth-watering models at reverendguitars.com. Welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast, season two, episode five. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Jay Cross. How come I'm first all the time now? Oh, I try, just, you know, I like, uh, I do always do you first, actually, don't I? Okay, fine, forget that. Um, uh, I'm your host, Joe Branton, uh, joined this week by Naomi McLeod. Personally, I preferred the alphabetized system that you had, oh, Joe. Um, okay. But no, this is fine. Hi. Uh, Matt Knight. What's an alphabet? And Jay Cross. That would still have me first. Well, no, you would. That's, uh, that's what? what I was saying. Yeah, I was if it's yeah. alphabet, alphabetized. Yeah, you've created chaos. That's exactly. what I'm trying That's, to get at here. I mean, yeah, um, as as well, everyone should know. My entire existence on this podcast is to try and put Joe Branton in uncomfortable situations. You ruined and here we my, are. Uh, exactly, always ruining my uh, my flow, uh, Jay. That's but, all right. Um, I'm sure you could just go back to the script that you've written earlier. That's fine. You'll, 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 you'll I'm trying it. to read from it right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, yes. Hello and welcome. Uh, dear listener, welcome to the fifth episode in season five. So we've got some news bits Sorry? and to talk about. So, uh, what did I say? You see, you've thrown me off. <laughs> oh, no. That oh, season, five, season five, Se- is, that's, that's like this, so this must be the last season. This, yes, that's very few. Very few good shows make it past five good seasons. Five oh. is pushing it, I would say. Yes, but you're probably right there. Probably right. 
Um, but yes, anyway, we've got some, there's there's some interesting new bits and bobs in the world of guitars that have come out this week. Oh, we've got a new, uh, a new top tier backer. Hello to Ian. Ian, you didn't give us a surname, so I'm just going to call you Ian. That's a legend. Uh, so Don't thank you, know you very him. much, Ian. Ian. Ian, yeah. You know, it's you know Ian. him. He's got no surname. It's Ian. Ah, that's that's what it is. Well, yes, welcome to Ian. Thank you for joining us. And you, dear listener, can check out um, the additional episodes of the Guitar Nerds podcast over on our Patreon site, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Now, before we get into uh, to the news and things like that, so me and Matt, we, we're, we're planning towards this new series where we're going to be building pedal boards against each other. And we've started to think about what effects we're going to use and uh um you know how we're, how how we're going to put our boards together and it, it's led me down this path where I'm like well I'm going to have to learn about midi and uh and how to how to control midi via a switcher as well so I can make the most of a few pedals things like the chase bliss uh preamp mark 2 but also um the empress zoya uh, which is, you know, a pedal we've had for some time in the Guitar Nerds um, stock list. But uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's something that, that I've only like, you know, I'll mess around with the presets. Maybe I'll build something. But one thing about the Zoya is it's very time consuming because it's, it's, of course, the Zoya is kind of a modular synthesizer in guitar effect form. But even if you want to set up something basic on there, you've got to create an input. Then you've got to create an output, and then you've got to link the input and output. But, of course, you don't want to do that. That would just create signal. You've got to then pop the things down that you want to to have, whether it's a delay or a, a type of modulation, and then connect those in the correct order. And it's, it's, it's time-consuming and complex and, frankly, beyond me. Um, so I, I, I generally why, mess... That's why MIDI should be taught in schools, Joe. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about we were talking about other subjects that should be taught in schools better uh, before this podcast started. But MIDI, you know, yeah. should be day one. You know, you I, walk into school. What's MIDI? Let's learn about it. Wholeheartedly agree. Yes, yes. You should have kids. Should have kids on um, kids on little controller keyboards by age seven or eight, if you ask me. Well, it's a bit like. Um, did you have that little mouse that you that little um, thing that you programmed in primary school? Um, sorry, Ireland. Know. Ireland what? wasn't allowed computers until about 20, 20, <laughs> 2015, So we're uh, yeah, we're like, catching up. Ro- Rona, Roma, Rona, Roma, something like that. Yeah, and you what? used to like put like four to twenty, left ten, and yeah. then it used to just like go along what? the floor. Oh, yeah. no, I didn't, didn't have I any of those. Quite a lot older than 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 you. I had nothing like this. Oh, that is, uh, yeah, Ro- Roma. It was called R O A M E R. It's this little like flying saucer with a smiley face on. And this was like the this is like, like the a, uh, like a Henry Hoover. Yeah, well, more like a uh, like a one of those who m- m- one of those vacuum cleaners Roomba. that just yeah Roomba. Yeah, more like one of those. Right. right, right. Um, and like the height of code, the, the sort of sort of coding we were taught was literally <laughs> yeah forward ten, and it would go forward like ten foot or ten meters or whatever. Then right. turn left, then forward, and stuff like that. I see. I oh, see. Was, well, was, it, was it a little bit like the game uh, Snake for the Nokia phones? Yeah, kind of. I mean, the, icon- <laughs> the iconic Snake, IRL Snake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was originally invented in the 1960s. 
Wow, you go on the website and the website looks like it's from the 1950s as well. <laughs> yeah, I've just on it now. Um, yeah, no no one outside of the UK would probably get that. People that are our age would might just remember this. That and that little calculator that had the man with the moustache on it. I don't know about that. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. This is oh, all, all, all completely beyond me. Anyway, anyway, so the Empress Sawyer. I'm, I'm oh, yeah, to, that's what we're know, talking yeah, about. That's what we're talking about. I'm trying to, trying to make the most of it, and I'm thinking about how I can control it through, you know, th- with a with a MIDI controller as part of a bigger pedal board. But more importantly, I'm like, right, I've got to build some effects. And I thought maybe I'll find some videos on, uh, on you know, examples of people building effects. And I found something better. I found, and this is, you know, I'm sure everyone knows about this. I'm sure I'm late to the party here, but patchstorage.com has a whole section on the Zoya where people have uploaded patches. And because the Zoya has a micro SD input, you can literally download those patches. And it's just free pedals. They're just all different free pedals, essentially, that you can download onto your Zoya. And the wonderful thing is people are people are trying to build um, you know, copies of existing pedals. So, like, people have tried to make a sort of Zoya version of the Empress uh, of the uh, Chase Bliss Mood on there, and things like that. There's a there's a there's a, a blooper version that you can download. But there's loads and loads of just interesting different things. And I was like, oh, this is wonderful. I don't have to think about anything anymore. I can just download these patches. I can listen to what they sound like because they normally come with sound samples or links to videos where the, the person who's built the patch has has demoed them. And you can it just there are 783 patches available Whoa. on on patch on patchstorage.com. I just for me that has just opened up the Zoya to this whole new level. You know, for, for how easy is it to so can you just download hmm. those presets? Presumably, they've they they tell you how much like storage space they 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 take up, and you can just use you know download as many as you want as long as you don't exceed the uh, capacity, right? Yeah, yeah, and um, then set them as presets. Exactly, um, that's cool. But it's really cool, just really exciting, just because I feel like it's kind of. Yeah, it's just like getting a whole bunch of free stuff that I didn't have before, just, uh, you know, from all these wonderful things that people have created. So definitely worth checking out if, um, uh, if you know. I, yeah. I yeah, mean, that's what I like about the Zoya. I think it's, um, I mean, today while I was working, I did watch a uh, the upload of a four-hour ambient synthesizer um, generative music upload which is basically just a modular synth that's just it's basically doing modern day frippatronics i guess um and that's what i liked about the zoya is you can just do that so uh you know but why bother programming it yourself when someone far smarter exactly. uh, with more time can do it for you exactly yeah that's or a- even a- another way of looking at it is you know as opposed to uh self-deprecating as we so often do just seeing these as additional creative tools like yeah. it's so cool. I'm just sorry. I'm just looking through it here and also being blown away. I really like the kind of open source nature of how people are kind of tagging. Um, obviously, everything is tagged Zoya, but all of the kind of you know you can go in and look for fuzz, or you can go in and look for reverse, or you can go in and look for pick, pitch shift and kind of narrow down your search, which is awesome. I also like that there's um, sort of like progress tags. Like a few people have marked there as work in progress, and I see one person has just tagged there as help needed. <laughs> which is 
But that's Which great, is, isn't it? It's such a wonderful that's, that's community. That's why I've got my Instagram. It's, yeah. kind of, it's, it, <laughs> it's just a whole community for the Empresuria that I had no idea existed. Um, it, I, I, I feel, feel like, like it's, you've talked about it before, though. What? That not not that I've talked about the Zoya before, but I don't think I've ever talked about there being like a a patch hub for it. I mean, there's oh, okay. the there's the Line Six Helix sort of patch hub. You know, there's yeah. I'm sure that they're there for everything. It's just for me, I always felt like I was slightly. The Zoya was just a bit too much for me to ever really sit down with and bother with. It was just so complicated and. I feel like this is a wonderful way of avoiding actually learning how the Zoya works and still getting the most out of it. I think I'd, I'd argue that you, sorry, Matt, I'd argue no, that you, you absolutely will uh, learn how it works through this. Yeah, you know, because like, right. yeah, like I, I always love, you know, kind of uh, in Ableton, for example, like downloading pack, pack, packs, sorry, uh, packs, and then kind of trying to reverse engineer some of the cooler effects or some of the you know, cooler kind of loops and stuff that are on there. So you might find yourself um, kind of doing the same. Yeah, I guess so. It's kind of, an, it's quite an organic way to to learn things, the sort of reverse engineering yeah. method. And if you're doing that while writing or while jamming, then what better way, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. I think um, I'm, I'm glad to see that people are on that platform and engaging with that pedal. I don't see that many people talking about it. I see it on a few pedal boards, but I think it's picked up a bigger following outside of guitar players as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, this this website certainly, I'm looking through the other pedals that it has on there and and it, it, uh, without going too much in depth, it doesn't look like they're especially, I haven't heard of the bulk of these. I think this is more for synth players, this entire site. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's just a great There's a lot of synth brands, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It is, uh, yeah, super cool. I'm, I'm excited to dive deeper into that. Um, now, also this week, I got a new harmony guitar, another harmony. So that's how, how the, many harmonies you got the, going on the, there then? Well, that's the third one, but this time three plus harmony. three harmon- three harmonies. I was going to say, is this a tryout? Is that, now? Is that on your, uh, is that on your Zoya preset as well? <laughs> almost definitely but yes i was able to get hold of um a, a harmony silhouette which is their offset mini humbuckered um uh guitar uh these lovely gorgeous uh mini humbucker gold foils god the pickups just look so absolutely fantastic in this on all of the harmony guitars you get those cupcake volume and tone controls um a maple neck instead of a rosewood like the the sort of thick uh, rosewood neck that you had on the Juno. This is a much more slender, tapered uh, maple neck with the more traditional harmony headstock, that six-in-a-row headstock that's angled slightly backwards. Went for the slate finish as well. Lovely sort of, you know, nitro. Smelled fantastic straight out of the bag. And, of course, as with all the harmony stuff, it comes in a mono gig bag, which are extremely good quality. Um, the sil- you know, the silhouette is the one for me. I, is, I really, it? is that your favourite out, out of them? Yeah, it's my favourite shape for sure. I've, I mean, I've obviously not tried any of them, but like it's it's the, it's my favourite shape. I think it looks great. Yeah, five five guitars now in the range: the silhouette, the Rebel, the Jupiter, the Juno, and the Comet. The Comet being their only semi-hollow model. The Jupiter and the Juno are their single cuts. 
the ju- the the oh uh, yeah and the rebel is the rebel's kind of their solid body version of the comet the jupiter and the silhouette are the ones that i remember most from the original harmonies those are the two stratotone body shapes that are kind of most familiar uh with for me um but yeah, the silhouette's absolutely fantastic. The mini humbuckers sound great. I'm always a little worried about mini humbuckers. I don't know why exactly. I think maybe, I, I guess maybe Firebirds have never Yeah, Les Paul Deluxe. I, I mean, I've never been a big fan of, of the Les Paul Deluxe, which is, you know, that's kind of what I think of when, when I think of mini humbuckers. But I know that a lot of people absolutely, you know, swear by them. But um, it's, I've never kind of, I've never kind of clicked with them personally. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, keen to try them in this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, completely fantastic guitar. It, like, once again, just the the quality, the finish, the workmanship of this instrument are just second to none. I, I, mean, ju- I just think these are... Go on, Matt, sorry. I was going to say, I mean, I, I, <clears throat> I think we said a couple of weeks ago, but this um, Juno it is truly one of the best guitars I've I've played in, in ages. I mean, I have all my guitars sitting next to my desk and I just keep picking it up going, it sounds so good, just unplugged. Like it's just a real joy to play, but um, plugged in, those pickups, which I've never really tried before, they're sort of like gold foil pickups. I'm just like, it sounds great. It's totally my sound um, in terms of just like, a, you know, really rich, really boomy, just wicked. Absolutely wicked awesome. guitars. So what's impressed the, um, for the money. What's the bodywood on those? Oh, uh, that's an interesting Ooh, question. Yeah. I'm not sure. Pro- I mean, I probably older. I guess it's okay. It seems like that's the the most likely for this style of guitar. But I, I'm I'm mm. not sure. I can't see it anywhere immediately in front yeah. of me on there. No, uh, it's, it's fine. mahogany. It's just... Oh, is mahogany. it right. on the Juno? Really? It's mahogany. Yeah, that's... so it's mahogany body, um, rosewood neck, and fretboard. Nice. That's actually what I was, I suppose, more specifically asking about. Because as soon as you said boomy, I thought, ooh, I wonder is it a, you know, a darker sounding bodywood? That's very cool. Yeah, it's um, the silhouette is older. I've just found right. Yes, ah, okay, and the, the Juno is is mahogany. Yes, you're right. Mm. I'm I'm just super impressed with these gold foil P90s. I I just think it sounds amazing. No no need for a tone control. Volume super responsive. Um, on the Juno, um, I just think these are a winner. I'm surprised we're not seeing them elsewhere um at the moment but i've got to say the silhouette body shape is wicked it's yeah. it's a fantastic looking guitar i i would i agree with you on the pickups in the juno i think those p90s are incredibly articulate and very very clear but i will say the same of these the mini humbuckers in in the silhouette they were surprisingly um uh versatile sounding just real like loads of depth loads of clarity like really cracking for clean sounds as well i was um i was when it when it turned up i i rooted it through persona studio one and the neural dsp Corey wong plugin and just some of the really clean di sounds you can get on the Corey wong plugin worked really really well with the with a silhouette I thought it was it was completely fantastic, um, but yeah, I'm excited to spend some time with it over the over the next few weeks, and I'll I'll put up some uh, some little video things on Instagram and and whatnot for for you to check out, dear listener. But like fully thoroughly recommended the Harmony Silhouette, a super cool guitar. 
Yes, indeed. Um, now, I guess uh, I guess we should we should talk about some some kind of news things. Oh, before we do, Matt Knight, you found a, a guitar that uh, um, a limited edition instrument that caught your eye for being yes. quite as. I um, actually, I think I saw this on Instagram a couple of days and a couple of days ago, and scrolled straight past it. Um, and then it's just popped up in my inbox just before we started recording. Uh, Balaguer Guitars, which we spoke about a few times, um, have done a limited run of synthwave um, espadas. So espada is their sort of offset, sort of body shape, sort of like a slightly squashed jazz master with, with shorter horns um, in, yeah, a synthwave finish. So just uh, imagine the... Uh, movie poster to Tron, I guess. Very drive. pink. I'd say drive. drive more than, yeah. uh, you know, very pink and purple with a little sunset. Kind of like, you know, when you go to a big city and there's someone um, spray painting um, onto a piece of paper using, um, you know, sort of pots and pans to create moons and shapes and landscapes. You know, one of those things you buy when you're a kid <laughs> when you're like what a tenner. Is that the thing you've done? Yeah, that, okay. that, I love that. That's, that's the mental cities. image. That's brilliant. Um, but yeah, that like, is, that, that, like that galaxy art is what you're getting at. Yeah, galaxy yeah. art. truly spoken from someone who grew up in Suffolk. That's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and I've still oh, got to hanging city. on my... Ipswich. <laughs> still hanging on my wall. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, this kind of um, futuristic uh, synthwave front, which I was like, oh, that's cool. I've probably just made the back, you know, black. Why wouldn't you? No, like silver sparkle. So it's, yeah. Back and sides, back and sides. Large flake silver sparkle. Sparkle with, um, yeah, this sort of synthwave front and then a matching headstock to the back of the guitar. So a silver sparkle headstock. Yeah. I'm in. I think. I just think it looks wicked. Um, I mean, I don't think it's that much different to the normal um, Balaguer spec for the Espada. So older body, maple neck, ebony fingerboard, 16-inch radius. So incredibly flat um, in terms of uh, what most people would probably be used to. Um, yeah, that is super flat. But uh, I'm in. I think it looks great. Really cool. And, Very uh, cool. At the same time, I also realised Guitar Guitar have a secondhand Roswell Rhodes, which was the uh, spaceship guitar with uh, alien inlays. Is uh, that's the one? It looks. It looks like the Star Trek badge. That one. Yeah. Which is correct. Yes, with the headstock that matches the same body shape as the body. It's, it's so so bizarre. Um, how 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 much is it going for? Because they were uh, they were expensive. They were fifteen hundred. This is the made in Japan model as well. That, is, that, that seems is like a good reasonable. deal. Actually. Yeah, I mean, probably because not many people really go for that that kind of vibe on a guitar. Um, How much is that one that we... Because we had one in Gak. Oh, it was like three and a half grand. It's a lot of money, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Would you you go for the Balaguer or would you go for the Roswell Rhodes? If the Roswell Rhodes was in the Balaguer finish, (laughs) I think you may have potentially the best guitar ever made. Um, That would be sick. I wonder if they ever did a Roswell Rhodes in pink. Uh, Only red, blue... Gray and black. 
Shame. Yeah. Missed out. The silver does look like, oh, there's yeah, it's like a grey silver. Uh, they did a version with a trem, and it does look like a spaceship. So that is pretty cool. Mm. It sort of reminds me of, on a side note, do you remember the Yamaha, I want to say, AG7s? that had an LED volume control. So it took yeah, a... Uh, yes, yes. And it had like a... There was like a line drawn on the body front that sort of like... That, that ran from the volume control to the output jack. Is that yes, right? it was... Yeah. Um, oh, man, I'm never going to remember. RGXA2 was the was the model name there if anyone Where wants do you to look at that. store this rubbish? Uh, <laughs> Honestly. Where do yeah, you Yamaha AGX A2 was the yeah had mini humbuckets, sort of mini humbuckets, yes. but it was they were dual rails. Um I think it also there's something weird going on with the neck. Almost like it's bolted on very weird. But yeah, like mini soap bars, but were full humbuckers. The name of the guitar was on the body. It had one line drawn across it for no reason. And the LEDs <laughs> were plastic and had, uh, the volume and tone were plastic and had LEDs underneath that lit up as you turned them. Very I remember useful, we never, practical. I don't remember selling a single one. Um so if you want to try one, just hit, uh, make an appointment with GAK. <laughs> and, uh... um, yeah. Wow. They, they did a bass version of this as well. They did, yeah. Um, it, was, it, uh... um, it was that sort of period in time where, because this was probably, I think this was early 2000s, same sort of time as the, what was it called? The Ergodyne? Oh. Strats, the fenders, the aerodynes, aerodynes, Aer- aerodynes, fenders. Yeah. But then there was ergodyne was what Ibanez were putting out, which were That's those. Correct. They were, which was the body wood. It wasn't a wood. It was a, a mold. It was that a plastic. Was it. it was a plastic. Uh, I can't remember exactly yes. what they called it, but it was like a. Yeah, it was all a mold, uh, yeah, a molded putty. We, Ibanez we, ergodyne series. We what, morph. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly like that. That's that's pretty. You don't much like the what shape. Don't worry about it, mate. Just like you know, morph into something else. <laughs> so the, we uh, we actually spoke about those ergodines uh, a few years ago, and I was like, man, these things are kind of cool in like a weird way. And a listener sent me one. Uh, so, oh yeah, yes. Yeah, so so he, he, here's a crazy story. Um, well, I, I, it's not really that crazy, but could 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 be a very different podcast. I could be a very different person. So when I bought my first proper guitar, I say proper guitar. I had a yeah. You know, when I when I when I got to spend some big bucks on a guitar when I'd been playing for a few years and uh, it was a big birthday and I'd saved up and I went to the guitar shop in Ipswich, which was called the Guitar Shop. Um, and All past those I, people spray painting, uh, you know, <laughs> fluorescent uh, sun and moons on the on the yeah, walls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is what happened on every size. on every street corner in yeah. Ipswich at the time. And I I eventually whittled my guitar choice down to two guitars: a Fender Lone Star Strat, which was the uh, HH HSS Strat, which had the big Apple and the two Texas Specials in it. And an Ibanez Ergodyne series. Um, I can't remember the exact model, but they're sort of like 600 quid one. And uh, yeah, played those for a while and I walked away with the Fender. But just imagine Thank if I'd goodness. walked away with the Ibanez. 
Yeah, I mean, you could, it could have been worse. Indeed. Your first guitar could have been a seven string. Uh, yeah, my friend's my friend's first guitar, electric guitar, was the RG um, RGA seven, the seven three two one, which was the cheap corn. Um, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, 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 but that was my second guitar. Oh, was it your second, Jay? Oh, yeah, I it wasn't it was... my first. No, my first was a Diamond Les Paul. Yeah. I like. The only reason I was thinking of that the other day is I was listening to Corn and going, oh, maybe I want an Ibanez RG7321. No, you've got to get K7 <laughs> if you're going down that route. But the, the funny thing was I was watching their, I think it was Corn live at Woodstock. I fell down a Woodstock 1999 hole and was watching loads of videos from Woodstock 1999. And um, their live performance, their guitar rig was a Mesa Boogie dual wreck. And a Line 6 Vetter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what a rig. What a 90s rig. Um, I've got to say, though, amazing guitar sound. That and Wes Borland and the Limp Biscuit performance. I'm like, he's using two JC120s. And you watch it and you're like, what? he's got one of the best guitar sounds. Yeah, two JC120s. What was he using for Drive? Um, I have, I can't I can't remember what he had on the pedal board. But Did he's you take some- Bad Monkey, probably? <laughs> <laughs> He um, and he was using that weird Ibanez that only had four strings on it. Um, they what? had one bass what string. What was that? I don't yeah, that. he. It was a normal six string, but he only strung it out with four strings. So I think it had one bass string and three guitar strings. Right. Weird. So not not even like a tenor guitar type idea no, or anything. No, just a weird wow. modded. Um, I don't remember that. I remember being obsessed with him and th- obviously yeah, thought, I, thought I, I knew his entire um, rig, but apparently not. No, yeah, I remember he played. I'll see if I can find it. I'm pretty sure it was a, it was an Ibanez, and yeah, he, yeah, because I know later on he had a custom from some sort of unknown brand, like four string bass yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, for a while I think he was doing it with um, Ibanez. So right, he had these okay. weird ones where he'd only have like a couple of strings on it. Um, just Didn't the uh, the presidents of the United States of America play something like that, Jay? Yeah, they had uh, it was the bass an SG, wasn't it? Or something? I don't remember what the guitar was, but the, the guitarist I think only had four string. Yeah, I think it was an SG. Guitarist only had four strings, and the bass player only had two strings. Because you know, I mean, I, I've seen what, them what twice, and absolutely, they are one of the best bands I've ever seen live. They're wicked. Yeah, I, um, I, they were. I mean, I was quite pissed, but I, I, I remember them being good when we saw them. Yeah. Um, oh, I really want that that Yamaha signature Wes Borland guitar. I thought he played PRS when I think he, of him. He played PRS. Ibanez in the... In the studio. Uh, the PRS was just for live, you know. For yeah, food. yeah. He, <laughs> he obviously played Ibanez in the late 90s because everyone did uh in yeah. uh, in that scene uh and then yeah then he moved to yamaha and i think now more recently he plays um he plays prs but his yamaha which we spoke about on the podcast before is mental um, wait I, what what was it i i don't remember this conversation at all it's a i think it's not a baritone but it is heavily down tuned really weird scale length the Wes Borland CV 820 WB. Um, six string had a D tuner on it, so you could oh, yeah, drop yeah, yeah, tune yeah. the low string. Yeah, yeah. 
had wide range humbuckers, um, a tremolo system, um, which was locking as well, obviously. So how that worked with D tuner, I don't know. I think you had to, isn't it like a, um, it's like a lever nut sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I didn't the noodles guitar have the, similar thing <laughs> i think i opened it at that time i'm like oh my god everyone wants to play drop d so i think it was just like it well, ended no, but up this, on a bunch the cv820 is yamaha not ibanez um oh yeah I, but i think there was some some yamahas the, at the time yeah because no, the, the noodles guitar was was um that was ibanez the nv2 yes. or something like that this kind um, of reminds me of the esp um Ben Wyman. Yeah, Ben Wyman. The uh, that's what I was thinking as well. The uh, I can't remember what that series is called. The um, oh goodness me, what they? I yeah, I know, know which one you mean. I can't. I can't think. Um, but uh, X something, isn't it? Of course. Uh, yeah, something like that. I can't yeah. remember. Oh, God, I can't remember what they. No, we're terrible. Anything other than a Fender Strat, and we can't even. Name <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, I mean he's actually X-Tone, I, is it that? Ah, uh, like yes, that. Yeah. you might be right. The X-Tone I think was their kind of like weird offset. Uh yeah, I think it was X-Tone. Yeah, yeah. Um. Sure. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. But, uh, yeah, that's, that Wes Borland is, is basically impossible I, I don't think they made that many at all um unsurprisingly well i just found um, a picture of him with a fender starcaster and and all of a sudden the his his yamaha makes sense to me yeah i guess so yeah 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 it's very yeah very similar but yeah that's crazy guitar oh man mm. we should we should do a, a new metal special just talking It'll about, be about five minutes Here's, yeah. here's, here's a jewel wreck. Here's, here's a PRS. A, yeah, exactly. Here's an Ibanez RG. Thanks very much. See you next week. Um, <laughs> classic. Oh, maybe I want an Ibanez RG now. Mm. Yes. Just, just that. And, a, you know, yeah, a little mess of boogie. Everyone should um, always own one tasteless guitar. You know, How many oh. do you own at the moment, Joe? No. <laughs> All of my guitars are tasteful, but I'm always on the lookout for an affordable Warwick Buzzard. So, oh my that, gosh! Yeah. Oh god! Yeah. Did you have a would... you have a new metal phase, Naomi? I know uh, me and Matty did. Absolutely, I did. I mean, yeah. new metal was my phase. That I mean, between that and punk, probably never, never quite died out. Still, Still phase, mum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I I I accept that I'm 32, but I'm telling you, it's not a phase. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I I absolutely did. In fact, my second guitar. No. Oh my god, my first guitar was a Randy Rhodes, and I remember. Um, I remember, <laughs> really? Yeah, wow. and I remember. So so yeah, as you were talking about the Ibanez orgies, that they were like the guitar that I would ogle, you know, when I'd be when I'd be in town in Dublin with with either one of my parents, and I'd be you know, too nervous to ask the guy, could I play it? Because, you know, you know, there were very few people my age allowed to try things in the shops and definitely no girls 
no yeah. other girls doing doing same. Um, and in fact, anytime I did try out, like literally until my 20s, anytime I did try something in a shop and, you know, didn't yet know about amps or whatever, I'd be like, could you turn this down, please? Could you turn this down lower? I don't want to be heard. <laughs> you know, several minutes later, be like, yes, here's 400 quid. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, so yeah, my... Uh, my dream guitar was one of the one of the Ibanez or G seven series, I think. And um God, I need to dig out a picture of myself with that Randy Rhodes because it sounded unbelievable and in fact I won not one but two Battle of the Bands at school yes. playing uh playing Iron Maiden covers with it. <laughs> Fantastic. So, uh, to answer the question, I, I suppose yes, I had a phase. Yes, Joe, absolutely. did you, did you, or were you? And I mean, I realise this sounds like I'm leading up to a, a cuss, but you're just, <laughs> you know, a couple of years older, and I wasn't sure if you were just, you know, a couple of years wi- wiser at the time. No, oh, I hated new metal. Oh, yeah, I hated I thought, it. I thought you probably there was. Done. It was my, my school had that real divide of like a, a punk and new metal, or you know, pop punk and and new metal, and you were you were one or the other. You definitely weren't. You definitely weren't both. I was in the big fight that happened at Reading in Reading 2000. The, when it was <laughs> oh, like, what? Yeah, Slipknot were playing before Blink-182 or maybe after. I think they were playing after Blink-182. And so there were all the Blink-182 fans at the front <laughs> and all the Slipknot fans were trying to get to the front to watch Slipknot. And it just ended up in these this massive fight. Um, just You're telling you know, me this sort of like actual cultural intercultural riot yeah, yeah. yeah this is like the mods and the rockers this is <laughs> like- yeah yeah <laughs> it really felt like that it was just like lots of people in boiler suits with face paint fighting lots oh of people in three God. quarter length shorts and, and you know, hawaiian shirts, hawaiian shirts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i need to try and find footage of this that is wow incredible. that is uh that is that's full on. It yeah. was wonderful. Full but on. yes, I was I was very much I hated all that sound. I hated like the the scooping that was going on. Yeah, yeah, in, in, yeah. You know, I hated the tones, the the weird tweetery clicking of bands like Corn and stuff the, like that. The it bass just, sound, the Corn mm. bass sound I never really got. It is very, no, very weird. No, me neither. Very yeah. weird. But one of one of my first one of my first gigs was see was I went to see Corn at um the Docklands Arena, which is no longer no longer there. Uh, I think it's part of the Olympic Park now. I think it got torn down for the Olympics. But um, mm. uh, one of my yeah, one of my first ever shows was was Corn and Puddle of Mud at wow. the uh, there two thousand two. So I was fourteen or fifteen, I guess. Wow, that's that's a lot of boiler suits at that gig. Yeah, yeah, there, there, yeah, there was, there was, uh, yeah, full on. <laughs> yeah, just just a few years ago, actually, I saw a Slipknot and Corn doubleheader in Dublin. Oh yeah, was, I remember that tour. I bet that would have been yeah, great. And it was it was unbelievable. Yeah, like I mean, still to this day, you know, I would I would probably happily buy a ticket to see Slipknot live just because they're just because they're that good live. But seeing yeah. them and and Corn together, and like you know, it being in what year was that? Twenty fifteen, end of twenty fourteen into twenty fifteen, and like you know arguably most of the crowd were sort of like our age, you know, people who yeah, had really, yeah. really fallen in love with them in, in our teens. Um, but it was so good to just see that it was still an incredible gig and that both bands were were completely on and it was like a a very uh, reassuring trip down memory lane. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I saw Slipknot 2019 for the tour of their new record and yeah. it's just like live, it's just amazing. It's just, yeah. they sound amazing. You know, it's one of those bands that have just really refined themselves yeah, and, completely. and their sound and it's just like 
It's just so good. It was. Yeah. It's amazing because Amy always goes on at me because I go and see a lot of gigs and I do the kind of arms fold, stand at the back. I'm like, yeah, I'm just really enjoying it. Amy's like, never engage with it. But then I went to a Slipknot gig and like literally sang the words to every song. And she was like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sort of missed Slipknot at the time. I only really got into them recently. Like, I just, I think... By the time I was really starting to pay attention, I think, Joe, I was kind of on the tail end of that. Very mm. much like, no, I like Green Day and I like <laughs> The Offspring and I like yeah. Cap Down and like, you know, all these kind of like UK punk bands and stuff. And it was like, I don't like Slipknot. And like, I've gone back and listened to them. And like, there's a load of those bands. Like, I'm sure I talked about this on the podcast before, but like Rage Against the Machine. What a good band. What a great band. I was just really wasn't band. I wasn't really paying attention at the time. And I mean the first record, all those songs are way too long for me. And I struggle with that. But like I listened to Battle of <laughs> LA recently. So good. Mm. Like absolute bangers. But yeah, like that new slipknot record that came out last year, that's absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. They're yeah, right. and and in terms of musicianship as well, I mean like Oh yeah, I mean it, yeah. it's with good reason that for so long, like Jim Root and Mick Thompson have been so kind of highly regarded. Um and Paul uh, Paul Gray, God rest him as well. Yeah, absolutely incredible bassist. I yeah. um, the, the, I really like the new bass player. He's he's got yeah, a, a very sick. cool signature status uh, bass. Which I is, should get uh, him on the podcast. I um I spoke to him a few times. Um and he was the one that actually got me tickets to the gig, believe it or not. And he oh, is cool. massively into gear because he was the guitar tech for Mastodon for about ten years. Um, and he basically knew everyone in that scene and then got recommended to like the slip, the slipknot gig basically. And sort of, although he could, I mean, he's, a, I think he said in his own words, he's like a better guitar player than his bass player. Like he's a phenomenal wow. guitar player, like yeah. an absolute like monster guitar player. Um, and yeah, just went along was like, yeah, I can probably do the bass thing. But he sort of knew loads of people in the band already but yeah he was the guitar tech for Mastodon for like for years and years and years oh, right, um cool. he would definitely be a good one to have on the podcast at some point i think joe I, just because his his uh knowledge on gear is insane yeah. well awesome. i just thought it was really cool to see someone kind of in a in a band like that playing a status like this a brand of bass that are really kind of defined by that squeaky clean 80s funk and uh he'd he'd sort of metalized them which was pretty well cool. especially the fact that he does have the leds on yeah. on stage as well i just think is absolutely brilliant yeah he's um, he's great but then again I, I just, if you've got I a like dj pink- that's on a moving platform for an entire gig then you know pretty much anything goes i guess yeah <laughs> that, that that is true i just like the pink floyd and slipknot uh have you know play the same basses that's that's quite cool but uh, <laughs> but also Jim Root, you know, speaking about signature models, probably the most tasteful guitars in you know sort of signature model stuff for 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 metal. Like I, I feel like he almost yeah he he sort of took things away from being the you know the K sevens and and made them into like imagine a Telecaster for metal. I know, mm-hmm. I, I mean I know obviously he, t- he totally revamped. Exactly. Um, with his signature tally, didn't he? Exactly. And mm. uh, is it just a Jazzmaster now, Jay? No, I think there's still a Strat. I think there's a Strat Tele and Jazzmaster, isn't there? I'm not sure. Mm. I, I I thought they were all still available. I think um, I remember seeing a, a kind of rig rundown with him. I think it was 2019. 
Um, it was a really good story, actually. I, just a fan reached out who had like a really small YouTube channel. He's like, oh man, I'd love to come and interview you and talk to you about gear. And he was like, all right then. And did like nice. an interview with this guy who, you know, is not one of the big guys. And he's like, oh, I always talk to, you know, the big media people. I wanted to talk to like a real fan about what I use. And uh, he was saying that he doesn't really have like, I think he got, I think one of his is a custom shop, but he's like most, all of my stuff's like just off the shelf. Just off the shelf, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I think is great. I, you know, music. we've talked about Music Man doing the same, that Music Man artists just off the shelf. I think it's nice when artists are using the same guitars that someone else can go in and buy. They haven't just designed something and been like, oh yeah, but can you get Matey who's been here for 50 years to build it for me and just like, sling some stuff out to everyone else you yeah know, it's really nice that he's just you know that stuff i think that's also sort of mm-hmm. um testament to how good production line guitars are now though do you mm-hmm. know what i mean yeah, like yeah. yeah for sure the the stuff that comes off of the shelf i mean what what else really do you need to do to it yeah in general you know and um to finish that this part off i guess and uh, with Jim Root. I don't know if you saw the story of uh, that he posted on Instagram, I think a couple of weeks ago. He was like, oh, I've just checked the date. I have just doing a bit of a cleanup oh, of my yeah. guitar room. And I found this Gibson box of this Gibson that they sent me um, from exactly 10 years ago. Never opened it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, I like the idea now of never opening it. Because it could be the greatest or the worst guitar I've ever played. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, wasn't it? Oh, it was man. a, it was like a Silverburst Firebird or something. Yeah, it's like it? Silverburst oh, Custom nice. or or something. And uh, and they they'd given it a, I think they'd given it a, uh, a a custom serial number of zero zero four, which is obviously his number, his Slipknot number. Um, it's a Slipknot so. license plate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very very funny. Yeah, very cool indeed. Never opened it. Now we should uh, we should talk about some news. Talk about some new things that have come out. Um, uh, and I guess you know you know uh, I'm not sure we spoke about them on the podcast, but we did speak about them on the group and on Instagram. We've had two new pedal board things come out: Boss and Didario, both vying for kind of the 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 new. Well, I guess with Boss it's just an upgrade, but Dodario trying to kind of redefine the pedal board market a little bit. Um, Naomi, why don't you tell us about the Dodario pedal boards? Yeah, indeed. I'm I'm very excited by these. Um, so in keeping with a lot of naming conventions these days, I'm guessing it's called Expand. They spell it X-P-N-D. Um, but yeah, they've done two models of expandable pedal board. And I feel like this is one of those designs where it's like, how did no one think of this before? Um, you know, they're, they're, yeah, totally. they're, yeah, they're calling it a, you know, game-changing telescoping pedal board. It's not unlike if you imagine sort of like a boom mic stand on how, how those telescoping can be, you know, a short or a tall stand. Um, basically, you can have, um, you buy it at its initial width and then uh, I think it's a switch mechanism. Um, I haven't had one to hand, so we only have the photos to look at thus far. But um, so I guess yeah. it would be tiered. I guess I wonder if it's going to be like it will click into its next expandable point, or if it's like completely it, free. You know. Yeah, that I've I wondered the same whether it's a little bit like a keyboard stand, which is sort of like a notched opening, or um, or if it is completely free. Either way, very cool. Um, they do. They've two models: uh, expand one and expand two. I'll call them. One is a two rail, and the other is a four rail. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, generally, I'm a huge fan of Daydario accessories. I think their build quality is really good. Um, they seem really, really excited about these as well. They have a cable management system in there. Um, and in terms, again, of quality, they're calling it aircraft quality rails. Um, also, I am really curious for anyone who does buy these. I really hope they will stand the test of time. But the um, they come with the Velcro pre-installed. Um, yeah, I was going to say yeah, that's... On there. That's exactly what I thought as well. Like having the Velcro mm. pre-installed on that lower tier that can be folded in and out. That that's go in and out. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like trouble. But also, how do you transport these? Because <laughs> so, if you've set your board up, if you've set your pedals up, it's stuck at whatever that fixed size it is. is. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. So they, they have done a bag for each. They've done a transporter bag um, in... Is that expandable as well? Is that like so, that? so well, I saw you quite a few people. You can zip a new people. bit on like cargo shorts. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Jay, it's 2021. No one wants, no one wants any new design anywhere, I would say, resembling cargo shorts. Um, yeah, so the, yeah, a few people were quite rightly asking what's, what's the story with the bags? Are, you know, are there tons of bags or how does this work? So, Again, just from kind of the the one or two photos that I can see on their site, the I think it's that the bag. I could be wrong, but I think it's that the bag exists to fit the each each uh, board at its widest, and then there's included partitions to basically make up the space, um, make up the empty space if the if you have the board at its narrower. Oh, that's that's configuration. Smart. Yeah, yeah, that's smart. it is. Yeah, so like in the photos, they have things like um, you know, like a volume or a wah pedal there on its own outside of the board, um, kind of mocked up in the bag. So yeah, I'm into these. I'm uh, I'm not saying I'll get one straight away, but were I back gigging or were I kind of um, you know, on on kind of session gigs and stuff like that again, where you could be doing different gigs per week, different gigs per day even. Um, this seems like a really, really cool design. I did see like a few people commenting were kind of saying, you know, why would I need this? You know, like um, I have my board and it's that size. But for all of those people, I feel like there's 10 other people for every one post saying, oh, oh no, I bought this bought this tasty new pedal oh, where will I fit it <laughs> I think that's I think that's you know, where I feel like this has answered it, it. I looked at it more as, as like you've got the flexibility to you know continue your pedal chain if you yeah. want to rather mm-hmm. than just buying because you know people I saw people saying like well this doesn't make any sense because I've got my pedals on there I can't make it smaller mm-hmm. to carry it because I've still got my pedals on there. I'm not going to set yeah. my board up every time, but it's like, well, that's not what it's there for. It's there so you buy it and you have it at like the medium point. And yeah. then six months down the line, when you've bought three new pedals, you don't mm-hmm. need to buy a new pedal board. You just rework your current one. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah, between that and again, uh, with, as I said, with Daydario, I, I feel like they have a pretty good accessory game in terms of... Um, in terms of their quality, I, I I do hope this stands up to the price. They're not they're not mega cheap. It's eighty eighty dollars street, I think, for the expand one and one seventy dollars for the expand two. Um, and the bags coming in around similar prices seventy for the small seventy dollars sorry for the small and um, one forty dollars for the large. I see. Yeah. yeah, not not the most affordable, but um, but pedal boards are just expensive, aren't they? That's yeah, sick. and one and one last note actually on accessories is I love seeing anything that makes me think this is a product that would save me buying three products. 
Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I love that this would be like, you know, this would save me buying uh, like Pedal Train, for example, I'm a big fan of, but like this would save me buying the, um, is it the Nano? I have it here next to me. I have that like, I have that really small pedal train that literally yeah, will strap onto the neck of my gig bag. Um, but yeah, it would save me buying like that and the next size up and the next size up. So I'm into that. Very handy indeed. Um, on the pedal, you know, on the pedal board front, Matt, Boss have also expanded, well, have updated finally the BCB range. Yes. Um, believe it or not, the first BCB was in, ni- oh God, I've got to remember this now, 1982 was the first BCB <laughs> that I was talking about. And I was like, was that like the first, one of the first commercially available pedal boards that time? Like a brand actually making a pedal board? Um, yeah, it's got to have been. Yeah. I was just like, that's mad. And the current BCB60 has been available for 25 years. I mean, that's bonkers. <laughs> oh, gosh. The BCB60 is just like one of those iconic pieces of kit that... Yeah. Um, we just we just sold... You sold... Like, working in, working in GAC, we sold like we sold like two two or three every day. I know. It's just, yeah. just mad. Just mad. So... Um, but obviously, a lot changes in uh, in twenty five years. Um, mainly, well, you know, not everyone. As much as I would love it, and certainly working towards it, not everyone has a pedal board just full of compact pedals. Um, and that was very much designed with the foam layout and the sort of run at the top. Uh, well, the run at the top was designed to fit a TU twelve analog needle tuner, which. Yeah. We no longer make, uh, <laughs> although still one of the best tuners you can buy, um, albeit secondhand. But yeah, so we we sort of thought, well, why don't we just update the space a little bit more and make it a little bit more flexible? Well, obviously we've got two hundred series, five hundred series, you know the GT the MS threes, the yeah the core, yeah you know. all that sort of stuff. So um, and it even fits all the way up to a full size GT one thousand. So we've sort of changed the layout a little bit and basically made the foam easier to craft so you don't have to use velcro if you don't want to so you can literally cut out the shape of the pedals that you want and you can lay it all out and then underneath the foam we've redesigned the molding so you can run all your cables underneath so you don't have to have any of your cables like on display which i think is super super neat um you know looks very instagram yeah so um and 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 isn't isn't that all we want yeah, exactly. So um, that's been great because you can cut it out for any pedals using any shape or any size, the foam. Um, hopefully, um, you can certainly order spares through our spares department, but hopefully we're going to try and make the foam um, more readily available so you can kind of chop and change a little bit more. But that's, that's what I like. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. That's what yeah, I like to hear. Because the last thing you want is to be like, oh, no, I've cut the wrong shape out. Or, I've re- you know, if you rearrange the shape of your board, rearrange yeah. the chain. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I mean you've, you can. You've, you've had one go at it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you can obviously... Measure twice, cut once, you know yeah. what they say. Exactly. <laughs> um, which I didn't do the other day when I drilled into my wall with some bath rails. Oh, uh, Matty, oh, measure oh, once, wow. cut twice. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I go for the term, hold it up and let's drill. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we've got the that... 
<laughs> and the and it's the got beast through switching as well, isn't it? Do they all have like a little yeah, three box on them? No, the ninety has got the little junction box. So you've got the send and return stereo, send and return, and then the stereo out, and then the input, uh, which is quite handy. So yeah, you can literally just open the case and uh, you know plug in your power supply, and that's the way you go. Um, so that's really good. And obviously, do the thirty um, case is super lightweight, obviously super durable because it's that really hard wearing molded plastic and then we've also done a little suitcase oh i love you know, it i love um, it so much the bcb 1000 so this is the same it, it reminds me of like a samsonite suitcase it's like it feels like indestructible um and what's great is it's the the pedal board sits in the suitcase uh, and you can wire all your power supply and everything underneath and then you've just got this handy little um like wheelie pedal board uh, which is obviously great for people on the move and stuff but yeah the the pedal board actually can be removed and you can undo those little coin screws at the bottom so you can do all your wiring and everything but hopefully when people can start touring and then gigging a bit more and certainly for me when i'm doing a lot more in terms of trade shows and traveling to dealers or whoever and i need to take some some gear around with me i don't have to carry it in an actual suitcase i can just take this um because it's flight craft sort of regulation so where you go big big question though matty is there a space for your pants that's the the big question if you're just taking Mm. that if you're just Uh, taking that well i I mean obviously you wear a tu3 as underwear so yeah yeah thinking about other people here do they, um, is there space for you know pants and socks and stuff? You, you'll be pleased to know I did make that point when we were developing that product, and I would say that there probably is enough space for a light weekend pack. Nice. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> cool. Okay, good to know. Um, you know, as long as I can put my running trainers and you know, a pair of shorts in there. You're getting your running trainers in there. Bloody hell. Yeah, oh, underneath. There's quite a lot of space actually underneath. Um, I mean, that's that's happy days. You get your running trainers in there. That's yeah. fantastic work. So um, yeah, it's good little, good little. You know, and I I love a good pedal board. Me. So um, yeah, you know that brings my total to over ten. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. I've never I've never owned one of the BCBs. It's it, they're definitely cool. I really should get one of these and just have a little mini board. The 30 is wicked. The 30, I've got a volume pedal, a VB2W and a DM2W. But, but you'd a need little, a tuner. You'd have to have a tuner. A clip-on tuner? Oh, no. You can't do that. Tune by ear? Perfect pitch, mate. No. <laughs> this is the problem with the three the three pedal one for me. I'm like, it's only a two-pedal one. Oh, one although I would say, actually, if you do three compacts or three similar size, you can put a little TU3S up in the corner oh you could oh that's good yeah yeah so you he's know, got you there joe he's got you, you um, joe i'm afraid you you have to now go and buy one but there's no way of muting that's the problem uh, yeah i mean I, having seen your band joe that certainly is the problem <laughs> 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 you know that's that's I, i'm known for having too many mute switches on my pedal board it's like uh it's 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 an ongoing joke within my band about at what point i'll Mute accidentally myself. do it yeah yeah just all the all the time like i fitted volume pedals on my boards for the longest time not that i've ever used volume swells ever for anything um just because i feel like that's something that should be on a pedal board you know a volume pedal i'm forever putting my foot on it and then putting it heel down and then not realizing what's happened you know halfway through a song 
Always. Yeah, I've been there too. It's a yeah. horrible feeling. Yeah, it is. And you, you know, you bought it and you think you're going to be cool rocking up to the gig with your, you know, very pro looking volume pedal and it's just... Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, it's, it's not cute as, no. as the cool kids say. Exactly. Which is, which is exactly why I've removed all tuner pedals from my pedal board and now just use the, either the, the built-in tuner on the MS3 or now the GT1000 core. So what are you complaining about? The BCB30? Well, you could, yeah, I, could, what's... I could only fit the core on, on the 30. I wouldn't be able to get anything else. Would you not get two minis on there as well? Maybe you know. could get. A, could try. Maybe you could get. I mean, I I cram my pedal boards like not not to the point where it'll damage anything, but like I do pretty much squaz squaz in as much as I can. Mm, that's yeah. I'm well, not into this whole aesthetic like space thing. No. No. <laughs> no. Why? You know, no. it's got to be. It's got to be. This is th- this is why I wear pointed shoes is for that precision <laughs> on the gig. <laughs> you know. It's a, it's a great idea. A great <laughs> get idea. in there. The, actually, my, you know, for the last two Polymath tours, just because we we got an extra member and our synth player got obsessed with modular synthesis and that it really affected how much room we had in the van. And the obvious things to cut back on were pedal board sizes when basically for the last two Polymath records, I've just been driven the whole time and haven't actually really used that much of the rest of my board so i've just had a little pedal train nano with just an ms3 on and a compressor and that's been the whole the whole lot i feel it is you know i don't like it like not having a big pedal board even if i don't use it i feel like it's real essential oh there you go jay what's it what pedal board do you use um, I don't do you know, actually have floor. anything. Do you have anything pre-built? I just realised. Yeah, I, I do. No yeah, I've got, a, I've got, a, I've got a pedal train. Uh, hang on a sec. I'm. It's. I've rearranged my like office a little bit, and it's it's just sort of out of sight. Give me a sec. It's it's a pedal train. I can't see which one it is, but it's a, it's a pedal train. It's one of the medium-sized ones. It's got like eight like, pedals on it. Oh, yeah, so like the Metro. Sorry. Is it one of the Metro, Metro series? Yeah, uh, y- yes. Yes. Let's go with yes. Yes, it's yeah. a pedal train Metro. It's got about eight pedals on it. Um, and uh, I've got the bag. It's very useful. I've literally never taken it out of the house, so I don't know why I've got the bag. Um, because <laughs> Great review. Yeah, keep going. You know, when I uh, play gigs live, I play with the bass and uh i'm not sure how i know you guys are kind of like amateur bass players but me being a serious bass player obviously i only need a tuner and so that stays on top of the amp so that i don't lose it excuse me jay effects and, lovers have rights and we we are not afraid to exercise them on this here podcast no no that's fine you go go, go do some exercise that's okay um I can't at the moment, as we were talking about earlier. So it's. Um, I, I would request for Jay to be kicked off at this point, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah no, Jay, I, you I, have not read the standing orders. I've not, exactly, no. yeah, that's exactly what I was getting at. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I've I've got that. I've had other stuff in the past. I had a Stag UPC six eight eight for a while. That was great. Oh, wow. That was massive, and I had again three pedals in there, and that was when I was using them for vocals. Um, <laughs> nice. Wow. Yeah, did anyone know. did did anyone else ever do the cutting board trick or like just have literally a wood board with Velcro? 
because uh, I did I did two different wood boards with Velcro, and literally just like like my Bronco just stained the wood with whatever I could get at like Woody's, like the local hardware store, <laughs> and on multiple occasions had people coming up being like, "Wow, where did you get that?" Oh, that's a great tone. Great <laughs> and I tone. Li- I literally got to be like, "Okay, so see this here." Go to Argos, get a 17-inch laptop bag for like a tenner. <laughs> whatever nearby piece of wood you can put some stain on and you have yourself in an, a- an aesthetic board. Maybe um, people should stop buying those. Have you seen the uh, the, the Fender uh, Strat and Telly chopping boards? Have you seen those? Oh, uh, this no, is a great are, idea. Are they it's, just like body-shaped? Body yes, yeah, it's, yeah, it's nice. body-shaped. It's, like, it's obviously not like an actual... Uh, like it's not like an off cut or anything. It's, it's, no, of it's course. just like a yeah in the shape. I've got one. I've got one at home, and um, yeah, it's great. It's just like it's quite big, so it's just a it's it's up on the top shelf. So I only get it down when there's you know people around to watch me chopping, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's wicked. But maybe maybe that's that's the next step. Yeah, Having a, a you know idea. if you play that's a, a strat, get a strat chopping board and use that as your pedal board. Fantastic. Absolutely. Be like um, that um be like that Roswell Rhodes with the matching headstock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> back when uh, back when I was a kitchen designer, I uh I got a You're, you're a, like weird. you have just you're <laughs> such an anomaly. Like you've had so many weird little lives. Back when uh, I back when I was senior senior kitchen designer for yeah. for the Royal House of Windsor. Um <laughs> Back when I was uh, fitting out the kitchens at Buckingham Palace, just like <laughs> it wasn't Buckingham Palace, it was uh, it was the other one. Anyway, back when I was uh, <laughs> um, back when I was a, a kitchen designer, I uh, I used I I made myself a pedal board out of worktop offcuts, but I also that I thought this was the greatest idea. I think I've mentioned this once before on the podcast. I rooted out a hole in the middle of the board where I fit a little waste disposal cl- unit clock <laughs> waste disposal <laughs> unit very for, good for, for unwanted uh, riffs <laughs> <laughs> in you no, go I, mate I, I, I put a little alarm clock uh, I rooted out a hole and put like a little clock in the middle so I could I would always be able to tell the time at gigs you know so I knew <laughs> I'm kind of into that kind of into that it was it, it didn't work like the batteries in the clock ran out really early and I kind of glued it in so it, there was well, no like, way of getting... like disco stew and his, uh, his goldfish Shoes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like a, it's like the steampunk version of just having your your smartphone down there, so, yeah. you, can, so you can see the time. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. So I, was, it was I like a... the idea of you like just before you go on stage, you go over to the promoter and you're like, "Yeah, sorry, mate. How long have we got? Oh, what's, yeah, twenty five minutes. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, <laughs> just let like... me let me just set my analog yeah, yeah, alarm, <laughs> synchronizing watches. Yeah, I, li- I like the idea as an alarm clock with you know one of the old school ones with the two bells either side, so you. Set little alarm and in the middle, and then that's actually routed through the delay pedal. So the end yes. of the set yeah. ends with that. That's actually um, a great idea. That, that, yeah, throw a throw a foot switch into that. Yeah, get it on and off. Uh, that's yes. a new pedal right there. 
It is indeed. Yeah. Now that uh, that actually does bring us up to uh, all the time we have on this week's episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. You it's, can his alarm clock's going off. <laughs> 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 you can, of course, join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds uh, for an extra episode every single week. Um, you can become a Patreon supporter for as little as a dollar a month. A dollar will get you this episode ad free and early. Five dollars will get you access to the Patreon special episode and our entire back catalogue. And ten dollars. We'll get you the lot. Plus, I'll sing you my thanks at the end of every episode. Find us on all your favourite social media platforms and join us on the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook to get involved in our weekly episode discussion. Thanks very much for listening. You've been lovely. We've been the Guitar Nerds. Farewell. Cheers, gang. Bye. you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.